You're listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast, episode 44. Welcome to the Live Happier Longer podcast. We're your hosts, Molly Watts and Angela McDade. We are here to help you build the five habits of a happier, longer life and to create your habit mindset starting now. Hey, Angela. Hey, Molly. How are you today? Not too bad. How it's, are you? Uh, you're really, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> you're a little grouchy. Yeah. I'm yeah. in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> let's start a podcast. I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> okay, well. I'll let you even get, I'll, I'll, I'll make your mood even better. <laughs> How um, would you describe, or do you have a habit that you would like to break? Yes, it is the habit of distraction. Mm. So like if you go to do something and then you realize you've got 15 other things to do. And so you start doing all 15 and then you, at the end of the day, you only maybe have four things completed mm. instead of just kind of like yeah. continuing because, you know, I think women are like that, right? We tend to have, we multitask, do things mm-hmm. all at once. Yeah. And I mean, depending on what it is, sometimes you can get it done, but other times mm. not yeah. as much. And I think the experts all agree that mm-hmm. it's not the best way of being the most mm-hmm. efficient. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is like when you're reading research and there's a you click a link that tells you more about the thing that you're reading about right. as they're explaining it and then you click that link and then there's something yeah, really right. interesting in there and right. all of a sudden you started the reading. rabbit holes the mm-hmm. rabbit holes of research yeah. oh yes i've and we've talked about that yeah. before especially when it comes to brain science you mm-hmm. and i can easily spend a a whole lot of time before Mm -hmm. we know it and we've gone down lots of different and then you realize how to grow olives (laughs) or something (laughs) completely unrelated (laughs) it's like how did i get you (laughs) oh that's funny (laughs) well um that's a habit for sure distraction or you know people there's a lot of people that spend way too much time just on the internet Mm -hmm. maybe not doing good research but distracting themselves Mm -hmm. and before you know it you've wasted a whole bunch of time social media things like Mm -hmm. that take up people's time and and it does become a habit Mm -hmm. uh today we are going to be talking about i of course don't have any bad habits obviously (laughs) Um, (laughs) quote unquote bad habits i'm going to say that right now uh we are going to talk today about how to break quote unquote bad habits yeah or we we will rename them as yes i'm going to say that habits that don't serve you yes so i want to and and there's a reason for that right because i don't think we should approach those quote-unquote bad habits as bad and the reason is because when you call something bad it's pretty easy for your brain to start thinking that i'm bad Mm -hmm. right or it sounds there as if there might be something broken with you yeah, and then it just starts the, the negativity. Yeah, and the negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. And here's the truth. Just because you are you have a habit that doesn't serve you, you're not bad, you're not broken, and 
whatever habit it is that you'd really like to break is not a reason for being, you know, that's not making you bad, right? Mm -hmm. For instance, I am not a bad person, even though I have a habit of overeating emotionally, right? Yeah. And it feels like what I think is the worst part about habits that don't serve you or things of that, like that kind of negative, uh, destructive type of habit is that they really do impact your self-esteem about yourself, right? And then they're kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. You feel bad. Yeah. You, so you overeat. Yeah. And you right, feel you bad because right. you've overeaten. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a cycle. It is. And it's a it's a hard cycle to work on. Uh, I mean, a hard cycle to break. It's something I'm working on, though, and continue to work on. And the reason it's so important to teach your brain new language about habits is because many of us for so long have had an internal soundtrack that's playing in our brains that we're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's almost like subliminal advertising. We've just been telling ourselves the same stories for so long that we believe they're true. Yeah. Like me saying, I'm an emotional overeater. Yeah. Uh, So therefore, therefore I just keep, right. So so really I should be sitting with a big pile of cream cakes right now. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you should be because you're, yeah, if you were me. Um, but the, you know, the fact is, is that that internal soundtrack, that internal dialogue that we, we've heard for so long and we've been telling ourselves for so long, we can just as easily, because every thought that we have is optional. We, we can choose to think something different and we can just as easily think thoughts that will help us break those habits as we can continue to play that that old soundtrack in our heads yeah right um so i want to say that that's really what we're going to work on we are going to break habits that don't serve us and i actually have an affirmation that i use all the time about this and it's this i overcome habits that don't serve me build habits that inspire me and I am my own success story. <laughs> I love it. Even when I'm saying it right mm-hmm. here, I just love that. And I think it's a great thought because for me, it makes me feel strong and capable and it helps me take better actions and get better results in my life. Mm-hmm. So one more time, I overcome habits that don't serve me, build habits that inspire me, and I am my own success story. So I think we're going to make a download for that. Yeah. You know, a nice... Pin it, pin it whatever you want to Right. Pin it. Print it out. Maybe mm-hmm. do a sheet with four in each corner just mm-hmm. so that you have four copies of it. You can put it in your mirror, your closet, your car, wherever oh, you want. Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that, is that Scottish for mirror? <laughs> yeah, there's more than one syllable. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a fun podcast, I can tell. <laughs> Oh, anyways, if that, if that affirmation doesn't feel right for you, then you figure out what you want and put it on sticky notes everywhere. But it's a great way to start working on the habits that you would like to change the habits that don't serve you. Yeah. So last week we focused on, uh, James Clear and his book, Atomic Habits, when we talked about it, and then we gave also our six C's of yeah, building a new habit tied together. Yep, yeah. Right. Um, but we were talking about them uh, basically uh, as a part of the habit loop. The way that he talks about building new habits is 
these laws that are all related to the habit loop. And real quick, they were? The first law was the cue. Mm-hmm. And he said to make it obvious. Right. Yeah, got to make it obvious. Got to be really, you know, right there in, right front, there in front, of front of your eyes. Ears, nose, whatever. Yeah. And then the second law was the craving. Mm-hmm. And he said you have to make that attractive so that you actually want to do it. Right. And the third law was the response. And that's how you respond to that craving. And he said you have to make it easy. And then the fourth law is the reward. So what comes from doing all those other things. And he said that you have to make it satisfying so that you want them to do it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and he actually recommends for breaking habits that you imply the inverse of these laws. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend, uh, we're not going to talk all about James Clear today, this week, because I think, uh, you know, I don't want to, he's a great, the, uh, Atomic Habits is just the most recent book on mm-hmm. habits, mm-hmm. Um, but it, it wasn't the first and it's not, he's not the only person mm-hmm. that did good work on habits. So we're going to talk about other things. You and I are both surprised because... It, they reissued it. It was actually from like 2018, but on the newsstands right now in your local drugstores, you will see uh, Time magazines. Yeah, it, it, it's it, like a it's a special edition special edition magazine. Mm-hmm. It's like a hundred pages long, and it's all about habits and yeah. how they can serve you or hurt you. So definitely, habits are a part of. I mean, I think it's a, a trendy. Not trendy, mm-hmm. but it certainly a. Well, I think it's just coming. There's, I mean, there's so much more. People are appreciating that you can be your best own self, can be your best advocate, and there's a lot of self coaching. Yeah, and all of that absolutely. kind of stuff. So, so figuring out how to make new habits and break old habits that you don't want. It is kind of, that's a nice way to wrap up, yeah. you know, a new you, yeah. for want of a better. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, but we'll stick to, we'll, we're going to go real quickly over the, the inversions of these laws that James Clear said, those cue, craving, response, reward, the laws that you want to use for making new habits. These are the inverse of those laws. So the inverse of the first law, if you're trying to break a habit that doesn't serve you, is for the cue, you want to make it invisible. So obviously, if you've got a problem with emotional eating, um, you might not want to have chips and cookies and stuff like that. Sitting on the counter right there. Right. Inversion of second law, craving, is make it unattractive. So, hmm. I don't know, bash the cream cake. (laughs) (laughs) She drop it on the floor. Right. (laughs) I think if you, uh, you know, the craving is to make something, you just want to decide that it's not something that you're going to be doing Mm -hmm. for yourself. Um, The inversion of the third law is response is to make it difficult. So again, if you 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 don't have those things in the house, then then you can't eat them. Yeah, it can be tough. And uh, the fourth law, the reward, make it unsatisfying. So uh, I don't know exactly how you would decide to not make cream cakes <laughs> unsatisfying, <laughs> but that's the way that James Clare yeah, approaches. And, and we're just using eating as exactly, a habit. Exactly, exactly. I mean, so many. Yes, there are so yeah. many other habits, obviously, and they probably this is probably a, a different subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But today, I really want to talk more about a strategy from Charles Duhigg and his book, The Power of Habit. Uh, the Power of Habit came out quite a I'm going to don't have the year in front of me, but uh, I want to say like 2005-ish, um, much earlier than Atomic Habits. And uh, it was really what popularized the habit loop. Yeah. And he uses it like for business and it's not just... Oh no! A it's personal it, yeah, thing. It's like for so many. Right. It's physical, emotional. Yeah. Um, all of these things are mm-hmm. in the realm of habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and his habit loop, like we mentioned last week, is does not have four parts. It only has three. Um, and it really was actually based on research done by uh, MIT in the 1990s. That is where they first defined these three parts, and that is the Q the routine or response and the reward. So Mm -hmm. basically they just take the craving and they kind of bundle it into the response. Yeah. Right. So yeah, more, it's just like what happens when you get the cue. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. The craving comes with Mm -hmm. the response. Right. So the cue is always the trigger that tells your brain to go into automatic mode and which habit to use. The routine of course is the behavior itself. Uh, this can, and this is where he separates a little bit. This can be mm-hmm. emotional, mental, or physical behavior. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the reward is one, the reason that you're motivated to do the behavior, and two, a way your brain can encode the behavior in your neurology if it's a repeated behavior. So it's that's what he says is basically the the, the habit three. loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what. Duhigg says is the golden rule of habit change (laughs) is that we really can't change an unwanted habit. All we can do is replace it. Mm -hmm. And he says that the key is to keep the cue and the reward the same and to change the routine. So we talked a little bit last week about uh, our friend Deb Gutierrez, who Mm -hmm. uh, we've had on the podcast before, and she uh, talked a little bit. was Was it on her... It was on her own post. It was something she had posted. Within her group or I think or either. I don't know if it was in her group or just from her uh, business, Soulful Life on Mm -hmm. Facebook. If you find that, um, look for her group, Abundant Health. Uh, And she talked about basically um, coming home and wanting to relax, right? And have that cue. That cue is either coming home from work or feeling stressed. And so you have two options if you're trying to change a habit of saying drinking a glass of wine and having some cheese and crackers the reward is that though that you still feel you feel relaxed right you're stressed you drink that wine you eat the cheese and crackers you feel relaxed the and this would be what doohicks is you want to keep the cue which is coming home and feeling tired and wanting to relax a bit and the reward which is actually feeling relaxed mm-hmm. but you're going to change the routine in the middle yeah and you're going to figure out doing something else taking a bath taking a walk listening to music whatever yeah. it is that's going to change you know still yeah. get you the feeling the of, outcome is exactly the same but right it's how you get there right so that's how um that's how he would say again and and deb kind of echoed that for us last week so I want to share some tips and strategies for re-engineering habits that don't serve you. If you take into account what he, what Duhigg says that you really can't 
change, change a habit. Mm-hmm. You have to replace it. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are some strategies, and they kind of go hand in hand. I don't. We don't have. I don't have. Last week I have. <laughs> I have the six C's mm-hmm. of habit building, and they also kind of go hand in hand because anytime you're building a new habit, again, if you take into a, mm-hmm. if you look at it from the way that uh, Duhigg talks about it, you're really replacing something. You know, even if yeah. you're building a new habit, you're replacing some habit somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and so. I don't have a fancy uh, six, you know, six C's for this, but Mm -hmm. we've got five uh, practical steps and strategies for uh, breaking a habit that doesn't serve you. So the very first key to breaking a habit that doesn't serve you is to visualize a tangible reason for why you want to break the habit in the first place. If you don't know why you want to stop a habit, then chances are you won't ever begin. And we talked about that even in the building a new habit, yeah. right? Uh, you have to commit and committing to change. And we provided that worksheet last week on uh, commitment statements. Yeah. Because the bottom line is that you have to be able to see yourself and visualize a reason why you want to change. Because let's face it. Changing ingrained habits is not easy. Yeah. You have to really want to do it. Otherwise, yeah. you just won't. And it's not even a matter of want. You really have to, like, you know, you want to see yourself. You want to change your life and see yourself as the person that is doing, you know, living. Mm-hmm. If it's a new, living the life that you want, right? So if it's not... If you're doing something that does not meet that visualization and that result, then you have to change something. And visualizing that reason for why you want to break a habit in the first place is really the first the first, first step. step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could look at it as C commit. It's the same same process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got to figure out your why. Um, the second one I would say is you need to isolate the cue and identify the routine. So Again, last week we talked, we provided that tool in terms of the habit tracker. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I guess, no, back sorry, to two weeks ago, two weeks ago we, yeah, yeah, but we it, did the habit tracker. Yeah, and it's back to if you don't know what right. you're doing, then you can't change it. You can't it. see it, you can't change it, yeah. right? But now just identifying the habits, now we want to dive deep and really... Uh, figure out what the cues are and what the thoughts that you're having are that are surrounding the cues. Because I guarantee you that even if you think it's just (laughs) um, seeing the cream puffs on the counter, you're having a thought. Yeah. And that thought is going to create a feeling in you that's going to maybe be a craving that is going to lead to your action, which is eating when you don't want to. And your undesired result is having a habit of Eaten, overeating. Don't want yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. So, um, went for instance, then that, like I said, you always have a thought. So, there's a lot of things that may trigger you when you are an emotional overeater. There's a lot of different cues that you might have, and you need to isolate all of those cues, and you also need to isolate and understand the routines that follow. Because it's only when you identify all that and when you really get down to the thoughts that are behind those things. And I'll give you some examples. This is something that 
I'm working on, I'm working on all the time, and that is drinking less alcohol. This is not like an alcoholism problem. Yeah. It simply is that I know that (laughs) the guidelines for health are for women no more than one drink per day. Yeah. And if you have more than one, then you're over, then you're over the healthy Mm -hmm. limit. Right. And so, uh, I'm always trying to work on that. So there's a lot of things that, that trigger me wanting to have have, have a, a beer or a glass of wine going to a party, getting home mm-hmm. from work, uh, you know, going out to eat at a restaurant. These are all different cues, right? And they don't necessarily elicit the same emotion. Yeah. And I don't have the same thought about them, but they all elicit a, a habited response. Yeah. It's, it's the same response. Yeah. Right. And so got to isolate the cues and got to isolate the thoughts that are behind them. So for instance, sometimes when people are driving home, they might, you know, get that thought in their head. I'm tired. I need to relax. It's been a long day. I deserve it. Uh, you know, I'm feeling, and whenever you start to think like I deserve something, I've, it's been a long day. You feel entitled, mm-hmm. you feel stressed. And if you habitually re- unwind with a glass, a glass of wine, wine mm-hmm. well, it's very easy to that those That's thoughts, just what you do, right. Trigger mm-hmm. that response. So, um, number two, you need to isolate the cue and identify the routine. Number three, and this is super important because this is where that prefrontal cortex kicks in. Uh, because we've talked about this, the primitive brain, even though we call it the lower brain, it is certainly not lesser than. Mm-hmm. It is a very, these. this is where all of our most primitive desires and emotions and survival instincts live. And even though we don't need to have our brains act like we're being threatened or uh, that we need to perpetuate the species on a momentary basis, that instinctual brain is still very much alive in us today, even though we have a totally different set of circumstances that we're facing. So when you are trying to change a very ingrained habit, you need to have pre-plan, pre-commit to change ahead of time. So that you know that when uh, a craving hits and you're going to likely fall into that habitual routine, you know, that habitual routine, you've already decided ahead of time that what you're going to do. Yeah. So instead of, you know, and you're, you're pre-planning, you're not, you're not saying, oh, I'm doing this. So, you know, I've got this new plan, this new, (laughs) this new habit I'm going to be doing and therefore expecting nothing to, you know, that, that the cravings are going to go away. Yeah. The the craving's still going to be there. Right. And you have to, you have to anticipate that and you have to decide to, to, you know, what you are going to do when ahead of time. Come, yeah. 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 And, um, that's how, and Charles Duhick says, this is how willpower becomes a habit by choosing a certain behavior ahead of time and then following that routine when an inflection point arrives. So it's knowing ahead of time. Now, one of the things that's very important, and this is kind of, this was in the, the life magazine 
book that we talked about uh, was that uh, you don't want to resist urges. You don't want to fight against them. Yeah. Y- you need and it's kind of back when I was saying last week about that just restricting everything right doesn't work either no. it can work for like right now today but it's not something you can maintain no and it also when you resist an urge it actually makes it become stronger you mm-hmm. feel stronger you need to lean into it work through it and you know resisting and white knuckling just does not work uh you need to be and this is something that i've i think is really important you need to be dis- prepare to describe how the urge makes you feel. So, and most of us aren't very good at describing actual feelings in our body. If you think about this, you, we know, right? So when Mm -hmm. you start to feel scared, if you really truly feel scared, right? What happens? Your heart rate starts to go up. You might, you know, you get kind of trembly. You can kind of feel it. You get tightness. Yeah, there is a there's a physical right and a feeling. Right, a feeling is actually that what that is. We call it a feeling because we feel it in our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. It and so it helps when you're dealing with urges because truthfully, you are capable of of feeling any feeling in the world and it sounds really scary but then it it does pass you know the feeling the actual physical feeling passes yeah and uh but you need to but writing it down and even being able to describe something as like we just talked about heart racing Mm -hmm. uh, you might say restless jumpy edgy tightness in your chest yeah and i think it was in that uh particular thing they were talking about the importance of breathing yeah Mm -hmm. and it was again very simple when you you know you go to the doctor or anything like that the doctor or the nurse will say okay just deep breathe right and having i know that whenever i was having all of the kids right you know have like physically given birth to the kids you know the breathing breathing through it was right. just a huge huge that was a huge Piece part of it, of it right and it it helped you control something that was completely out of your control <laughs> <laughs> so but you had that was that was one thing that you could control, right, control um so yeah so that was in that same article and again it's back to that physical that it's a right the physical, physical sensation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and there's another way that you might say that you might deal with that is actually, you know, choosing a thought about it and say to yourself, I feel restless and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Just remind yourself, it's okay to feel this tightness in my chest, this trembling, the, the rapid heartbeat that it's okay. I can handle anything. I'm capable. I'm capable of feeling uneasy. You know, we talked about it before, light a candle, read a book, listen to music, call a friend, do anything to help you uh, work through that that uncomfortable feeling because honestly, change can change is uncomfortable. Yeah, you're going to feel uncomfortable in this process. Number four in our list is ask for help, which lots of people do not do. No, that's true, and we talked about it in last week in building a new habit. Uh, you know, collaborate, find your tribe, mm-hmm. right? The same thing goes with trying to to break a bad 
oopsie, I said bad. (laughs) (laughs) Break an unwanted habit. Um, Find a trusted friend who won't judge you, but will help you correct you when you slip. Uh, Join a challenge group. There's a lot of different groups uh, on social media. And and sometimes that anonymity, if you don't know people, can be kind of nice too. Yeah, Yeah. right? So the one thing you want to make sure of, though, is just not to let any group become a place to compare yourself. Because I think it's Rachel Hollis who gave us that quote. You've only got one person to compare yourself to. And that's yourself yourself or who you were yesterday, right? That's Mm -hmm. the only person you can be better than. So, uh, but having a support system is a great, great tip, a great tool for breaking a habit that doesn't serve you. Lastly, as we said, in terms of that golden rule, you want to find a new habit that inspires you and replace the habit that doesn't serve you with one that inspires you. Of course, it sounds really good in theory. Uh, Of course, it can be a little bit harder than that, but yeah. It's important to remember that habits can be just a sign of boredom. So getting, you know, if you've got a habit of spending a whole lot of time on the internet, Mm -hmm. you know, getting distracted, whatever, you might just be bored. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. you want to uh, look for other ways, uh, taking up, you know, getting exercise, taking up an artistic hobby. Those might be replacements for just a habit that is born out of boredom. Yeah. The Huffington Post claims that, then this says exactly what Charles Duhigg says mm-hmm. in The Golden Rule, is that cutting out habits altogether without an alternative makes breaking a habit harder to deal with in the long term and leaves needs that are addressed by the habit unmet. Mm-hmm. So that's where it goes back to that Golden Rule. You can't really change a habit. You need to replace it. Yeah. So those are some strategies kind of an overview again of how we can just change up right change the habits that don't serve us Mm -hmm. a very very uh high you know cursory overview right Mm -hmm. we're not saying this is simple work it's it's not hard to understand but if people could change their habits just like you know yeah, just like that. Be, we would all be wonderful all the right, time. Right, right. And things would just be smooth and sailing along. And the bottom line is the quality of your habits really defines the quality of your life. So it's important stuff that we're talking about. And it's it's challenging work, even though the concept itself isn't, isn't mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we can help some people in terms of giving them some positive motivation and some encouragement yeah. and, and like even back to the tools that will highlight what yeah. those habits are that you go mm, I probably don't really want to be doing that yeah yeah so so far we've had in, the, in our second season here we've provided and you can go back and find them the habit tracker we've provided the commitment to change statements and this week we're providing our affirmation statements of I overcome habits that don't serve me, build habits that inspire me, and I am my own success story. I hope that works for you as well. So next week we will be coming to you with, uh, well, let's just say episode 45, shall we? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we appreciate you being here and we will see you next week. See you next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Live Happier Longer podcast. Now it's time to move, learn, share, give, and let go. Five daily habits to make the rest of your life the best of your life. See you next week. We're so happy to have you here and hope you're enjoying our podcast. If you haven't done it already, we hope you'll hit the subscribe button. And if you can even take a minute and leave us a review, that would be fantastic. Plus, we would love for you to follow us on all of our social media, where you can find us at The Habit Mindset on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. And one more thing before you go, if you would like a free copy of The Habit Mindset poster, just send us a quick note to info at fiveforlife.co. That's info at fiveforlife.co. Put the subject line free poster and you'll get yours today. See you next week.